Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Today, we have a crazy story of a close friend's betrayal. It's written by Seal Sean. Found my girlfriend cheating on me with my close friend. I have him arrested and ghosted her. Backstory, incoming sadness, my wife Rachel and I grew up in a largish town of close to 30,000 people. We knew each other at an early age, roughly 6 or 7, can't specifically remember. We were practically inseparable. At 16, we started dating each other. When we turned 18, we moved away for work in a city just a few hours drive away. By 20, we were married and had bought our first house. At 22, we discovered that she was pregnant with a boy. It was then the disaster struck. About five weeks before she was due to go on maternity leave, a large shelving unit collapsed and crushed her. I was told that her and our child were killed instantly. Two of her colleagues had also been injured in the accident, one left paralyzed, the other losing his leg after it had to be amputated. The company she was working for had, in a cost-cutting measure, decided to continue using old shelving that had been written off as unsafe instead of replacing it. I still haven't quite forgiven those executives and management personnel that made that decision because they cut short the love of my life as well as killing our unborn child. It wasn't long after, I was told I had a choice on how to proceed with what her company called compensation, but I called it blood money. They wanted to settle out of court to avoid a lawsuit. I, on the other hand, was out for their blood. Just to clarify here, this is not the revenge, this is still backstory. Fortunately, due to the coverage that it got, and involving several politicians, the case was settled quickly in court, roughly three years, in which the payout for all parties was close to 10 times the amount that they initially offered. A lot of fines were given to them for breaches on work, health and safety, executives were sacked, others were jailed, etc. A story for another time when I feel comfortable sharing. In this time, I was still working my job in telecommunications. My mother, bless her soul, had moved in while all this was happening to help me. I think I would have fallen apart if she hadn't been as involved as she was. It was around this time I was offered a promotion, but it involved a lot of travel around the state. I made a request to have an office in my hometown's branch, as I wanted to not only take care of businesses in the state, but in my hometown also, as there was no business representative located there, to which they agreed. After a few months, we settled into the routine of one to two weeks in the city office, one week in my hometown, and one to two weeks visiting the rest of the state. After a year, I decided to buy a house in my hometown so I wasn't having to stay at my parents' place every week or so that I was home and that I could come and go as I pleased. This is important for later in the story. It's about four years later that our story begins. I had just returned from one of my trips on Friday and was checking in some stuff in my office when Harry, the branch's managing director, walked in. We had grown up together also, but had gone to different schools, but since coming back had developed a very close friendship. He asked how things were and then asked me if I wanted to come to a house party that he was having that evening. Short notice and all, but I said yes. I felt like a few drinks with friends were in order. 
It was there that Harry introduced me to Catherine. She was a new hire at the branch where my hometown's office was located and was getting to know everyone being new in town. We hit it off immediately. As much of a cliche as it sounds, it was almost as if Rachel was in front of me instead of Catherine. I won't bore you too much with the details, but after two years of dating, we decided to take the next step and she moved into my hometown's house. Everything up to this point has been going really well. Catherine and my parents got along and Rachel's parents also approved and were happy that someone could make me just as happy as Rachel had done. All was going well for close to a year when things began to change. Skype sessions were cut short suddenly. Neighbors would tell me about how a car, described to me like Harry's, was always seen parked in the back alley near my house whenever I was away. Some clothes that weren't mine were in my wardrobe. All signs pointed to her cheating, but she said that nothing was happening. She said that Harry would come over occasionally to discuss business, etc., but never stayed the night. I chalked it up to me being paranoid, and continued on as if nothing was wrong, but there was always this feeling that something wasn't right. It was close to six months after that I discovered that she had been lying to me. I had just finished closing a rather large contract with a new company and negotiations had wrapped up earlier than I'd anticipated. So instead of sticking around for the next few days, I decided to pay for an early flight home and surprise everyone. Fast forward a few hours and I drive into my hometown and down the alley behind my house so that I could get into the house without being seen and surprise Catherine. Some part of me was curious, however, as to whether this mystery car was there. Sure enough, there was a car that was blocking the back entrance gate. I was confused for a moment, wondering if it had just been a neglectful neighbor parking, only to realize that it was indeed Harry's car. If it hadn't been for the high hedge line that I'd put in a few years back for privacy, I may have well driven past my own place. Pulling up behind his car, I got out and thought it was strange that he was there so late, as she claimed that he'd always left by now. I approached the back of the house and I saw something that made my stomach drop. In my kitchen, Catherine and Harry were going at it hammer and tong. I froze. Time stopped. There was my close friend hooking up on my kitchen bench with my girlfriend. I didn't know what to do. So many questions were running through my head. Was this real or was I dreaming? Why were they hooking up in my house? Feeling defeated, I turned and left without them seeing me. I sat in my car for what felt like an eternity. I was crying hard, but the sadness quickly turned to anger. The same kind of anger I felt towards those that were responsible for Rachel's death. I wanted to hurt them badly. As a pacifist, I don't believe in violence. It was then I knew I was going to punish them and destroy their lives. And what better time to start than now? I moved my car back up the alley, far enough from my driveway that I could still see Harry's car, and then walked back to the gate where I could see into the house and called her phone. They were still going for it when it rang. They looked at the caller ID and did a double take when my name came up. I could see that she was considering answering it, and they let it ring out. After a few moments, they were back into it again, and I dialed once again. This time she did answer. As she was answering, I hung up and made my way back to my car. As soon as I did, she called me back. She asked why I was calling as late as I was, and I told her that I was about 10 minutes from home and didn't want to scare her coming in. 
She obviously was shocked and acted happy that I was coming, and the call ended up very quickly after she said she was going to get up and get changed into something. I said bye and hung up. A few moments later, Harry came peeling through the gate, still half-naked, jumped into his car, and took off like a bat out of heck. I smiled a little, knowing the fear that both of them would be feeling from being so close to being caught. I waited a few moments before turning my car into the same place Harry had been moments earlier. The night was fairly uneventful afterwards, and it wasn't until after she was asleep that I got up and went to my office down the hall. I couldn't sleep. I needed a plan. And plan I did. The revenge. My mother always taught me to be a pacifist, and to allow cosmic karma to take its course. But on this occasion, I decided that karma could use a helping hand. I decided to punish them separately but destroy both of them. I knew that Harry had a drug habit. Nothing major, but he kept it private. I only knew about it after accidentally seeing some coke and weed left out in his place, but pretended I hadn't seen it when he made attempts to cover it up. I began calling some of my more unsavory clientele and made a few discreet inquiries into obtaining some samples that they were willing to part with. A few days later, I had a decent enough stash for my plan to work. About a month later, I had friends, including Harry, around for a barbecue night. After making sure that I sufficiently liquored up Harry, I told him to stay the night and sleep it off. In the early hours of that morning, I took the drugs and an assortment of my personal belongings and placed them at various places around his car, with the biggest stash in his tire well. Confident that he wouldn't find them over the first few months as the rest of my plan took effect, I locked the car up and went inside to sleep. I also placed some more drugs and personal items in his house after driving him home because he was still too drunk to drive. A few days later, I staged a break-in by smashing the back pane of my back door into my kitchen and leaving it open before heading back to the city for a flight. I had several messages the moment I landed. One from my clearly panicked mum, who had found the back door smashed open and had called the police. One from Catherine in tears, and one from the local police asking me to call. After returning all the calls, I informed the police I was away on business, and that I would be back the following week to talk with them. While away, I got Catherine to stay with my parents until after I got back, and asked my dad to organize one of the local security companies to install cameras and an alarm system after getting the go-ahead from the police as to not ruin the scene of the crime. After getting home, I did the usual, my god, I can't believe this happened, and why would anyone do this routine? After doing a thorough check of everywhere, finding that the items I had taken were missing, and filing a police report, I had the security company's rep talk Catherine and I through how the cameras and alarm system worked. Then came the question I had been waiting for. The question of what happens if we're doing some business and don't want to record it. She acted a bit shy asking this question, but I knew exactly the reason she was asking. He assured us this was a question he got asked a lot, and we were shown on the home computer if we wanted to be doing things without it being recorded, how to stop the recording for certain cameras, so that we could protect her modesty. As I was walking him out, I asked him if the cameras were turned off, could a notification be sent out, just as a security precaution. He came back in and helped me through how to set up email notifications and left shortly after. Fantastic! All I had to do was wait. At this stage, I approached r legal advice for some help in relation to couples law in my country. 
I needed to make sure that my upcoming plan could legally be done and that I wouldn't be forced to pay out any money or equity to Catherine, as I didn't know if we were classified as a de facto couple or not. Being the sole benefactor of Rachel's estate, I didn't want to be left with any nasty surprises where Catherine could take any of the estate away from me. Shout out to those guys and gals there, as they helped me get in contact with a great lawyer who assured me, due to the fact that although we'd been dating for close to four years, we hadn't been living together long enough to be classified as de facto. And because I was paying all the utilities on the property that she was living in, and didn't pay rent, showed that she had no legal standing to make a financial claim against me. Just to be sure though, he drew up what I felt was a pretty ironclad document just in case there were any legal trouble. The following week, my work had approached me and offered me a promotion to move back to the city and run the team that I was a part of, meaning I wouldn't need to travel as often and be in the one location, and due to the success of being located in my hometown, that they were considering having three to five representatives spend one to two weeks in the larger surrounding towns, including my hometown as part of my team. I said yes and began the process of beginning my transfer which would take about six weeks. Perfect. More than enough time to gather all my evidence. Upon getting back to my hometown the following week, I began to start in motion the rest of my plan. I asked Harry to approve one week's worth of vacation for Catherine for two weeks' time. I wanted to send her and a friend or two away on a retreat before I made the biggest decision of my life for a second time. He jumped up and gave me a huge hug, congratulating me on being prepared to take the leap again. I hugged him back tight, but not the way I think he'd imagine it at the time. He agreed and blocked out the week for me. I asked him not to say anything to anyone, as I wanted to make it as big a surprise as I could. I knew that it would spread like wildfire around the office regardless, but that was my plan. That night, I told Catherine that I'd booked her and two friends to go to a tropical spa resort. All expenses paid for a week. No questions asked, pick two friends and come back to the biggest surprise of her life. She screamed like a kid who had just been told that all the candy in the shop was hers to have. I then told her that the following week, I was going to spend it in the city preparing for a large client who was one of my biggest accounts and needed some people in my team to help before flying out the following week and I wouldn't be home until the Monday that she was leaving so I wouldn't be able to see her which seemed to disappoint her but I told her it would be worth it when she returned. What I failed to tell her was that I had decided to take two weeks vacation on the other side of the country mentally preparing myself for the crap storm that was about to erupt the moment she stepped foot on the plane as well as enjoying my first stage of freedom on sunday two weeks later i flew back and began driving home once getting there i did a quick pass by my house and sure enough harry's car was there like the first night it caught them i parked a little ways back and checked the cameras asleep in my bed No surprise, honestly, as I'd recorded them constantly doing this over the two weeks I'd been away. I then made my first call to the police, blocking my caller ID. I told them that I was one of my neighbors and saw someone hanging around in their car in the alley behind my house, and occasionally passing something through windows to passing cars while also looking into my yard, and I was concerned that they were dealing drugs or going to break into someone's property. I gave them his license plate and description. They said they would have someone there in a few minutes, so I thanked them and hung up. I then called Catherine and told her I was about 10 minutes from home. 
and that I knew she was flying out tomorrow but desperately wanted to surprise her. Looking back at the footage now, I laugh at the commotion that I'm surprised I didn't hear. In a few short seconds, Harry was half-dressed and flying out the back door to his car. At that point, I couldn't have asked for a more perfect scene. As Harry was peeling away, one of the police cars rounded the corner behind me, saw Harry driving away fast, and gave chase. After pulling in, greeting an excited Catherine, and doing all the couple things, she fell asleep again. I, on the other hand, couldn't sleep a wink. The next day, her and her friends were bundled into a car. After they drove away, I had to wait a few hours, but I began to execute my plan. I called my friend, who was a removalist, and apologized for the late notice, but needed my place packed and moved on Friday. After agreeing on a time, I told him that he would need to take certain boxes to a storage facility, which he said wasn't an issue. Then I began packing Catherine's belongings. Later that day, I got a call from the police for me to come and identify some property that they'd apprehended from a suspect the previous night that fit the description of property I'd reported stolen. I grinned to myself, happy that my plan for Harry had grown to fruition, and replied that I would be there shortly to collect it. Of course, when I got there, some of the items were still unaccounted for due to the fact that they must have still been in his house, and they hadn't searched there yet. By this stage, the town was buzzing with news. Events in my hometown don't stay secret for long. Harry was disgraced and promptly fired for his possession of drugs and stolen property, and our respective bosses on behalf of the company had extended a formal apology towards me during the week. That night I went to my parents' house and told both mine and Rachel's parents what had happened omitting certain details, and that I was moving back to the city after being promoted, but Catherine wouldn't be a part of it. They were pretty upset initially that I hadn't let them know what was going on, but they were happy that I was handling everything maturely and hadn't sunk to their level, though they didn't agree with ghosting Catherine. But after some drinks, laughs, and tears, I went home. On Friday afternoon, after a busy week of organizing cleaners for the following week, the real estate to put my house on the rental market, and various other tasks at my hometown's office, I packed some things into my car and drove to my parents' place and said goodbye before the drive. Before leaving, I went to Becky's house. Becky had been one of Rachel's closest friends growing up. She was the only other person who knew what was happening, minus the details about Harry. Without her help, I wouldn't have been able to organize everything as quickly as I had. I gave Becky a large manila folder with my gathered evidence of her cheating, as well as the letter and a few other legal documents from my attorney stating that she was ordered not to contact me and the details of how to access her belongings located at the storage unit I'd rented out. After a quick goodbye, I left and drove back to the city. On Sunday, I woke up to several missed calls, voice messages, and text messages. Turns out Catherine had come home early after being alerted to something being afoot in the town, only to find an empty house and a for rent sign out the front. Freaking out, she had gone to my parents, who closed the door on her the moment that they answered, forcing her to call everyone until she managed to somehow be contacted by Becky and was told that she had a package for her. I was told that she didn't take too well to that, as I fully well knew at that point from the numerous angry texts and voice messages from her, accusing me of setting up Harry, of being deceitful, etc. I was worried that she might show up at my front door, but nothing ever happened. Five weeks later, after leaving and being promoted, 
I write this out for you, dear reader. Granted, it's long, and it took a few rewrites to shorten it down from my initial 14 pages, but I feel that most of what I said was important enough for the story. Do you guys think that OP went too far here, or do you just understand? Like, with everything that they went through and what they experienced in this situation, do you just understand, or was it just too much planting all that stuff? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. If you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.